In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good morning, I'm Reverend Kate. I'll start out with that because recently as I was greeting everyone after the service, someone came up and asked me point blank, who are you? <laughs> I have to say it is good to return home to Christ in St. Luke's where Rosso and I were married and our children were baptized. Having lived in Germany and several places in the United States with the military, we have finally Come home and I thank you for your gracious welcome it is an honor to serve with you before I start I'm drawing on 30 years of ministerial experience to address this challenging gospel today I always get them <laughs> because we are God's children how we treat one another matters we have been given much and much is required of us. We are responsible not only for our actions, but for our words and even our thoughts. In today's gospel, what Jesus means to do is to show that even the most devoted observer of the law, the scribe or Pharisee, proudly keeping all 617 precepts, that's commandments, or laws, even that person is in need of forgiveness and the love of God. For Jesus, surface righteousness, what you see is what you get, was never enough. Jesus is concerned first and foremost with the condition of the heart and the state of the soul. Jesus looked deep into the hearts of his hearers, and he knew that even the most righteous person, the Pharisee, needs what only God can give. In saying this, Jesus radicalizes the law and the prophets. Jesus' teaching is at the heart of what God expects of us as he as he pushes beyond the letter of the law to the heart of the law, Jesus is specific. Most of us are happy to observe the commandment that prohibits murder. We may not have murdered someone, but we may be guilty of breaking this commandment simply by the language we use. We can pat ourselves on the back for not committing murder while we murder the reputation of someone perhaps through our words. We call it stabbing someone in the back. We may murder a relationship. One can spend time with friends, hours on the golf course, or free time on the internet, rather than spending time with a spouse, murdering that relationship. And then Jesus shifts our attention for particular behaviors we must avoid in our attitudes and in our emotions. Jesus wants us to look at the condition of the heart, the state of the soul. Jesus shows that murder begins in the heart with anger and with inner hostility, and that can erupt into violence. 
inner hostility that easily erupts into violence needs to be recognized for what it is. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never harm me. How wrong that is. Words can crush you. As a child, do you remember being told to count to 10 when you were angry? Good training early in life. When we find ourselves getting angry, there are questions that we need to ask. What is my anger all about? Have I shown anger in hurtful ways? The higher calling is to be reconciled to one another and to preserve and create community. A child or even a subordinate makes a mistake, we angrily correct them. The result, they become angry and blame you. A gentle correction causes them to realize it's on them to make the necessary change in their behavior. I want to share a little story with you. A friend shared this story from her Bible study group about how a woman first discovered God. She was nine years old and had just finished learning the Ten Commandments. She ran down the list in her head and was pleased that she was as perfect as she was and could spend the rest of her life being perfect. <laughs> a short time later, waiting with her sister for their school bus, she succumbed to an irresistible urge to push her sister headfirst into the snow. Thank God he loves us as imperfect as we are. It is in response to God's love that we respond and learn to treat our neighbors with respect and honesty, even a little sister or a brother. Now comes a statement about committing adultery. Many think that they keep this part of God's law if they didn't physically commit adultery. But what we are taught by Jesus is that we may break the law in our thoughts, think about it, our heart, and in our imaginations, even when our outward conduct is moral and very correct. Adultery is wrong because it does damage to other people and it does damage to one's own soul. A young marriage soldier deploys on an unaccompanied tour. He looks up an old girlfriend and they share a room. He tells his friends, my wife has nothing to do with this. He says he loves and respects his wife. She will never know. But this friend knows which one could keep the secret. And some will be disappointed in him. He'll betray his wife, the person he's supposed to be closest to. Who and what else will he betray? Secrets are destructive. The point the young soldier misses is that integrity is doing the right thing when only you will learn. And that provides us with a segue into what Jesus says next. Jesus turns his attention to the 
custom of oath-taking. First-century Judaism followed the Old Testament tradition of taking oaths to guarantee some words were especially true, and what was confirmed by an oath sworn to God had to be truthful, just like our custom of swearing in witnesses in the courtroom, placing one's hand on the Bible and swearing to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. By offering or objecting, by objecting to this custom, Jesus makes the point that God requires more of us than truth-telling only under the most formal circumstances. God requires ongoing truthfulness. You've heard someone say, well, to tell the truth. This expression has alarming implications. It's as if one is saying, don't count on me to always tell the truth, but now I really mean what I say this time. In this passage, Jesus' message is clear. Children of God have no business withholding the truth. There are times when blurting out our opinion of someone's dress, their hairdo or idea is not the most loving thing we can do. We keep our thoughts to ourselves because if I did tell you what I really think, you may not agree with me. You may even get upset. You may not like what I have to say, but ladies and gentlemen, followers of Christ should not be afraid to disagree with one another. Jesus' exhortation to honesty encourages us to voice our opinions openly, but to do so in love. So what does God expect of us? The bottom line is we are God's children and how we treat one another matters. We are responsible not only for our actions, but for words and even our thoughts. Jesus' teachings cut to the root of what God expects of us, and God intends his words to affect our hearts. Our thoughts and our attitudes can be sins as well as our behavior and our speech. We are absolutely responsible for what we do. We are loved absolutely by God, and these two statements cannot be reconciled by us, but are reconciled by God's love for us, as revealed in Jesus Christ. The gospel is good news of hope. When we fail, when we fall short, then we know our need for God, a need God is longing to fill. Thank God that he loves us as imperfect as we are. It is in response to that love that we respond in love. May we submit ourselves to the love of God and be shaped into what God means us to become. The good news is that God has already saved us in the person of Jesus, so do not lose heart. Just remember that God isn't finished with you yet. Amen.